1: On FM 89.3, you're with Timothy Go and Bharati Jagdish on Prime Time. Now, in recent weeks, delegates of the UN Commission on International Trade Laws Working Group 2 have been talking about legal issues related to dispute resolution in the digital economy.
0: So, with businesses increasing, taking place across borders, disputes inevitably will go up and must be resolved in the jurisdiction where the parties are based or are closely connected to. And since the start of COVID-19 pandemic, many of these cases have had to be heard online. So here we go. The Singapore <laughs> International Mediation Centre has seen a tripling in the number of cases in the last three years, so we're going to
1: be talking more with Chuan Wei Ming, CEO of the Singapore International Mediation Centre, and Josephine Hadikusomo, Managing Director, or rather Managing Partner at CJ Liu and Company, all about dispute resolution in the digital age. Well, I know Timothy is very sceptical about this, <laughs> but it is possible, and it has been taking place. So let's start with that. Uh, Wei Ming and Josephine, thank you for joining us today. Let's talk about firstly the fact that. That We are seeing the face of dispute resolution change, right, in the digital economy. But before we get to how dispute resolution is conducted, let's talk about some of the cases you're seeing. To what extent is the nature of the cases seen? of the cases you're seeing changing.
2: Uh, hi, Timothy and Berati. Thanks for having us. It's um, a real pleasure to be here. Um, I, I think with COVID-19, we've seen really an uptick in cases like Timothy has said three times of what it was before COVID-19. And also the nature of cases has, um, has you know, kind of spread. You've got cases in joint ventures, you have cases in IP dispute. you have cases in investor state disputes, etc., so all sorts of cases we have seen, and also the increase in value of each of these cases. So happy to talk about that more, but uh, maybe I'll ask uh, Josephine to chime in as well. Let's talk
1: more okay. about what we asked you about then. The Nature of the cases, how exactly are they changing?
2: Um, If you look at COVID-19, over the last two years, the pandemic has caused a lot of business to suffer. And frankly, when it comes to COVID-19, it is not any party's fault that they are not able to perform their services. So we have parties coming to SIMC to say, can we resolve this conflict in a better way, in a more uh, economical way, in a faster way, so that at the end of the day, we're able to move on with the business. Mm -hmm. So we've seen all sorts of um, uh, cases come to us and we're able to do that, um, resolve the the issue in about a day as opposed to, say, a week. Um, So rather, as opposed to, say, a year when it comes to court cases. So the parties are able to salvage the relationship and move on and come
0: out stronger. From- Weeming, I've been uh, very sceptical when I heard about this uh, online and hybrid mediation mm. system or feature, uh, especially during the COVID-19 pandemic. How... How does it work? Isn't it harder to read uh, a person's uh, body language, for example, and how to move on from there when you're trying to mediate a dispute?
2: Yes, absolutely. I mean, we're we all very used to meeting in person, sort of reading the body language, etc., But online mediation has a distinct advantage. When we look at the cases that we've had, Mm -hmm. 70 to 80 percent of success rate has not changed as a result of COVID and has not changed as a result of online mediation. So what uh, the advantage of COVID, uh, the advantage of online mediation providers is that we're able to reach the parties where they are as opposed to having them fly in. So they may be in the setting of their home, they may be with their loved ones, they may be with their board, etc. So we are able to then uh, speak to them any time of the day across time zones, convenient to them, across borders. So, you know, the the mediation can be managed in a way that is more... suitable for sort of piecemeal resolution mm-hmm. with some of the lower hanging fruits and then finally with a final solution.
1: What a- Here's the thing, mean I mean, I often wonder how many people actually opt for mediation because some of the people I know, they are more interested in suing each other and going to court than they are in sitting down for a mediation session. What's your experience in recent times been like?
2: Yes, I, I think traditionally the court and arbitration might be the way to resolve issues. But we've seen in recent times, especially with COVID-19, parties are more willing to sit down because the relationship at the end of the day is so important. You want to salvage the relationship, you want an ongoing relationship with the other party, to continue the, the, the business. So we've seen more parties willing to consider, especially the fact that uh, this is very quickly, is very easily set up and can be quickly resolved. And when you hear of the 70 to 80% chance of success, they are willing to try. And that's what we are encouraging parties to do, to save time, to save some costs, and at the same time, relationship.
1: Okay, so considering that in the digital economy we are in a borderless environment, mm-hmm. are there issues with deciding which jurisdiction is more relevant to a particular dispute or not? How how does all of that come about more easily and seamlessly?
2: I think that's the beauty of uh, mediation. So unlike a court hearing or an arbitration, you have to think about the particular law that you that you are trying to address the issue here with mediation. You're trying to find a commercial solution. Of course, the law is important. The rights are important. But more important are the commercial uh, considerations so that you reach a win-win experience for both.
0: We've been uh, talking to Chuan Wiemeng, the CEO of Singapore International Mediation Center. Now, going back, uh, Wiemeng, to... Settling disputes, mediation disputes online, and as you said, this hybrid situation is it has its uh, advantages and all that. I'm just trying to picture this out because, uh, as we all have experienced, you know, even in regular simple meetings that we do online, it can get distracting, irritating, and things like that. Doesn't this add? Uh, to more of a problem for for the parties involved. Okay,
2: so may- maybe I can give an example, right? So um, we recently had a case where we had a Japanese uh, investor investing in, in India and uh, investment went into, you know, pro- uh, had some problems and they had a dispute that needed to be resolved. So you think about it, Japanese investor, Indian uh, manufacturer, the two cultures can't be, you know, can't be more different. Uh, and Singaporeans love food. If you think about food, you think about I love my Indian curry and I love my Japanese sushi. And to the extent that food represents culture, it's very difficult to try to meet both cultures in a way that uh, that will be able to resolve the, the issue. So what we have instead of one mediator, we have two mediators, one from Japan and one from Singapore who is of Indian heritage. And within Two days, they were able to resolve this issue because they were able to speak to the parties online Mm -hmm. in their language, addressing their business practices, uh, addressing the cultures. And we were able to then uh, move on. The parties were able to move on with their disputes, having settled it.
1: Okay, so let's talk about this with Josephine, Josephine Hadikusomo, Managing Partner at CJ Liu and Company So Josephine, your perspective on all of this, I think when we had you on the line earlier, we asked you what sorts of transformation you're seeing in terms of the nature of the cases that are being brought to mediation.
3: Well I see an uptick in the cases that deal with conflicts resulting from COVID-19 So sometimes there are cases where Landlords and tenants have a dispute because the tenant is unable to pay rental because they cannot run their businesses. So we see quite a number and I've mediated quite a few cases of disputes and conflicts arising from the the economic uh, uh, effects of the pandemic itself. So that's been very prevalent. But conflict, the way being the nature of conflict, it happens everywhere at any time. Just because we were in lockdown, doesn't mean that you know parties will always get along. And that's why SIMC and all of us in the mediation profession is here to offer our services to help uh, resolve some of these conflicts.
1: Okay, how challenging is it though to manage people and emotions uh, through a screen? Because I understand mm-hmm. that a lot of these sessions are being done remotely. How exactly do you manage all of this? It is extra challenging, basically because
3: you're not able to offer comfort, a cup of tea, a box of tissues to a party that happens to be crying. You're seeing everything through a screen. There is a sort of a remoteness associated with this. Uh, we, We tend to have, we tend to be quite high touch when it comes to mediation. Um, on the other hand, uh, being able to... I have mediated live cases before without going through an online uh, uh, platform. And these were also challenging because in the pandemic era, you have to kind of mask up, you have to double mask, you have to wear a face shield, and we lose a lot of that visual cue. Our ability yes. to convey empathy and understanding and our ability to convey that kind of uh, feeling is hidden by masks and things like that. So it's a 50-50 for me as Mm. to which one is better.
1: So how are you managing, in the meantime, while all of this is still happening remotely, to bridge those gaps? What sorts of techniques do you have to use in order to sort of negate the lack of the touch?
3: So you have to infuse it in your voice and in your facial cues. (laughs) Okay. We try to... Yeah, we try to... and none of it is fake. Everything is new and mm. authentic and real. Um, we tend to, I think mediators as a whole tend to be not only neutral, but also very empathetic people you need to be. And I think that, has, that genuine empathy needs to be effectively conveyed in your cadence of your speech, in the, in the words that you use, and in your facial cues as you manage the parties through an emotive process.
1: Now that everything is opening up again and people are starting to accept that we might be fast emerging into a post-COVID world, what's your stance on this? Do you want to go back to those face-to-face mediation sessions 100%? Or do you feel that, no, it's okay. In some ways, we can just manage all of this remotely as well. Because we're talking also about cross-border mediations here, right? Cross-border disputes that need to be mediated.
3: I think my personal preference is to have the appropriate platform for the appropriate conflict that we're talking about, uh, I, I I don't think that it will be one hundred percent back to live. We do have that high catch uh, advantage when we do live sessions. But uh, one of my recent mediations, I had a party from Indonesia and a party from from Singapore, and I myself was in Malaysia at the time, mm-hmm. and we were able to continue with with these. Uh, forms of uh, conflict resolution uh, methods because digital transformation has allowed us to do this. So I think it will be a question of using the appropriate channels. Uh, We just have an extra tool in our arsenal at this point in time, which I'm very happy about.
0: So as as Ming was saying there are advantages and disadvantages to to doing this and as you pointed out the appropriate uh method for the appropriate case uh is is the way to go.
1: Is there any difference in terms of settlement rates Weiming that's something I'm curious about as well mm-hmm. considering how the world has changed the nature of cases is changing as well
2: what changes
1: are you saying, seeing in that regard?
2: Um, here in SIMC, we have not seen a significant change in the um, success rate, which is really something we are very grateful for because success rate is always important. Mm. I think what, what we've seen is a combination of um, of factors, right? One is, like, like Josephine said, the appropriate method. Um, and also we have hybrid, which is something we've not talked about, which is mm. we have parties coming in when they can and the parties who are overseas who cannot fly in will be uh, on Zoom or online. And it's really... Trying to find the best way to resolve the issue, and because mediation is new, and we are, you know, we have a, 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 a blank sheet of paper in front of us to see how we can solve the problem. There are different ways we can do it. We can do it online. We can do it in person. We can do it hybrid. We can have one mediator. We can have two mediators. We can have different language skills, mm. etc. Technical language, uh, technical skills, as well as. Uh, professional mediation skills so it's really up to us to to manage it in the best way to suit that particular case
1: i think sometimes if you are warring with another person or another business it's better not to meet in person (laughs) the the emotions are less potent
2: right if you're not in front of each other that may be so yes that may be so. so so sometimes the screen does provide a level of uh, you know, uh, uh, safety in that sense. But by the same time, you know, sometimes parties need to see each other to vent a little bit of their frustration. Mm, and okay. and we're, we're seeing this in different cases. There's one that I'd like to share. Yes, a case it. study is always it's good. Go ahead. Study. Yes. So this is one in which a European architect was actually suing uh, uh, an ASEAN developer for breach of contract, terminating his services. So when we went into the case itself, we realized it's not just a claim in damages. The architect was so aggrieved that his name was taken off the project and, and this project went on to win a war. So when we dive into that uh, mediation, we were able to find value that perhaps in an arbitration or in the litigation is difficult to do, it's difficult for the court to say, put the architect's name back in the, uh, in the project. Whilst in mediation we can? And what was really beautiful about this is that at the end of the day, when the party signed the settlement agreement, they shook hands and they said, and the developer said to the architect, I'll see you next week in this city. Um, and this is when at the start of the mediation, they can't even stand being in the same room. And this is the transformative nature of mediation. Not only does it save time and and, and, and costs. It can also help to build, rebuild some of the relationship loss.
1: Mm. See, that's a happy story. Do you have any sad stories where all your efforts just failed? Either one of you, and then what happens? You know, Joe. Joe, I don't have any
3: sad stories. I think that I've been quite fortunate mm. <laughs> to have a, quite a high settlement rate when it comes to mediation. I think there can be moments of sadness during a process itself, but the process can still end up with a happy ending if. If we do it right and if we conduct it uh, uh, with great sensitivity and the parties are open to settlement, I think a settlement and a good ending, a good resolution is always possible. But, of course, you do get sad moments during the process itself before we get to the end. And I find that some of the uh, cases that I found quite emotionally draining uh that impacts on your emotions would be medical negligence cases. Because, you know, when somebody has a case like this, somebody's either sick or dead or disabled from something, and parties tend to be very angry and emotional during those times. And it can be very challenging for the mediator to maintain neutrality and not let the empathy bit take over too much and not let the party's emotions influence the entire conduct of the process. And so I found those cases to be personally sad and very difficult to manage. But Mm. so far, touch wood, I haven't had a really uh, sad ending yet. Mm. I find that if parties put their minds to it, and if the mediator is able to uh, help facilitate the process effectively, um, there is always some form of closure that we can reach. I think the key to it is not to go in expecting that you're going to have A brilliant resolution. But really, to go in thinking is this something I can live with? Is this worth the closure? Is this worth closing the chapter? Is this something I can walk away from and be okay with? and if parties have that kind of mindset chances of settlement is high.
1: All right, thank you very much for that Josephine. I guess uh, it was just fitting that we ended that on an optimistic note rather than thinking about the persons whose sessions have failed and then have to proceed to court anyway. Uh, this would be a good way to start. Thank you very much Chuan Wei Ming, CEO of the Singapore International Mediation Centre and Josephine Hadi Kusomo, Managing Director, Managing Partner rather of CJ Liu and Company. To
0: listen to more great energy- Download our podcasts at MoneyFM893.sg or download our audio app that's A W E D I O available on Google Play or the App Store.